Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Hey, Sid, how you doing? I'm doing good, Justin. Um, I've been thinking okay. about our show, mm-hmm. and I really think that we need to be a little more like topical, a little more timely with the stuff that we discuss. Excellent. That's a great idea, Sid, because that's going to help you go viral. Right. Well, that was my thought is like a lot more people would listen to it if it, you know, if our show was connected to stuff that's going on like right now. Makes perfect sense to me. I mean, which is hard for a history show, right? Right. Like the whole, like the whole essence of our show is that it's already happened. Gosh, mm-hmm. this is really, this is a lot deeper of a problem. Well, let's, than not, I had. let's not get bogged down. The Do we want to get into that? Like, that's a, this is like an existential question. Like it's history, but it's now. Okay. But is it, could it be topical? So what is our first... Like, like, get me in here, Sid. What's the what's our topical hook this week? Okay, so our trendy Sawbones trendy edition. Okay. <laughs> for this week, is did you hear all that stuff that Joy Behar said about nurses? Did I hear all that? On that on the on the View. Do you mean? I mean, I don't watch the View, but I've heard all about it on Facebook. Did you hear about that? Do you mean like six weeks ago? Well, yeah. I mean, it was probably like six weeks ago, but that's like basically now. It's not in the though. grand scheme of things. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, I mean, like, if you look at it, like history in terms of eons, I'd rather six not. Six weeks ago is the same as like a, like a millisecond it's ago. It's Definitely not though. More or less. I've been really busy. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> good. Now we're getting I, rid of I it. I work, and we have a kid, and like it was. Halloween, like trick or treat month. I mean, you like trick most people month. celebrate that all right, month, all right? Month. Like we put our daughter in, I don't know, thirty different costumes. Okay, so just this is as timely as I'm going to get for now. Okay, I'm okay. always going to be running at least six weeks behind. I can't believe Joy Behar said uh, the bad thing about nurses. Well, she, what did she say? She said a dumb thing about uh, a Miss America contestant who came out and her talent was that she was a nurse and she was proud of it. And she talked about being a nurse, which is a pretty awesome talent, frankly. And she uh, was wearing a stethoscope, just a stethoscope because there are just stethoscopes. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that Miss Behar referred to it as a, as a doctor's stethoscope. Oh, joy. As opposed to a nursing stethoscope. Um, 
Now, of course, as everyone is well aware, I would think by now, if you didn't already know this, there there is no such distinction. They're just like stethoscopes. Yeah. The, you know, I, the instrument that we use to auscultate. That means listen. That's a fancy word for listen, just by the way. Just say listen, guys. Yeah. Come on. That, that we use, that nurses use, that, you know, EMTs use. That, but she said, like, more mean. derogatory things. She didn't just call it a doctor's stethoscope, right? Like No. She just... She just insinuated, I don't know exactly what she said. Insinuated that she was she was above her station, correct? Yes. 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 That it wasn't a big deal. I feel bad. I kind of, like, obviously it was a stupid thing to say. I feel a little bit bad for Joy Behar, because, like, you're just saying stuff live on TV constantly. If you're, like, trying to make jokes, like, that's got to be hard to not. Like, la- like uh, last week or maybe two weeks ago, I made a dumb joke that made, uh, the punchline was fat people. And that was a mean thing to say and not really in character. But we make the show up as we go, and I didn't edit it out, so I, I it's hard, I, but it's still I, a dumb yeah, thing to say. No, I understand what you're saying, but it's hard for me to, to feel bad for her, because uh, nurses work really freaking hard, and they do a lot of work that you don't want to do, and that I don't want to do, a lot of things that are really hard or really challenging, or sometimes, frankly, kind of gross, mm-hmm. that, that they have to do, that's part of their job, and they do it to take care of people. So yeah. at least if you don't recognize that. You should pick better know. targets, Joy. Yeah. And then also, seriously, you don't know. I mean, like a stethoscope. I mean, did you know? I mean, is this is this silly of me to ask? Did you know that there there is no difference between a stethoscope, a stethoscope, a stethoscope? Do not attempt to plumb the depths okay. of my ignorance sure. on Fair. any topic. Fair. So, so I thought nurse, we should talk about nurses, though. Let's do it. I'm excited. Can you clarify for me? Like, obviously, I think like a lot of people broadly... I know what it is um, nurses do, like specifically where they where they fit in in the in the sort of overall medical landscape. But can you like clarify for me? I imagine it's a pretty broad answer. It, that's a that's a tough question to answer. What do nurses do? What do nurses not do? Uh, it, because when we use the word nurse, we're we're probably referring to everyone within the field of nursing, and that's a lot of different levels of training, a lot of different degrees. We're talking about LPNs, and we're talking about RNs, and then we can t- be talking about like like nurse anesthetists, uh, people who are more specialized, who have just certain duties in patient care. Um, there's, you know, outpatient nursing is very different from inpatient nursing. I mean, you can hold the same degree and do both, but but your day-to-day job and your duties would be extremely different. In general, you're, you're taking care of patients. You're providing um, a lot of different, you know, from taking their vitals to listening to their heart and lungs and assessing them to doing neurological assessments to um, doing the more like hands-on patient care stuff that, that as a doctor, I don't do a lot of like, like cleaning up your patients and bathing your patients and, you know, um, dressing their wounds, man, wound care is something that doctors never know enough about and nurses know way more. And then like things like starting IVs and stuff in the hospital that we don't do and administering medications. Um, but then, you know, the nursing field has expanded to, to include, um, their doctors of nursing. Hmm. And uh, there are nurse practitioners, which I think fall in that group. There are nurse midwives. And and I'm not going to get into all these different kinds of classifications. Mm-hmm. I'm just broadly talking about the concept of nursing as uh, men and women who take care of sick people and how that profession has kind of evolved um, and some of our missteps along the way trying to develop, just like with uh, with physicians, we've had many missteps, as we have discussed in great depth on this show, uh, just like that with uh, with nurses, nursing and the profession of nursing as well. I'm ready, Sid. Take me back to the beginning. 
So uh, first of all, thank you to Amanda, Stephanie, Claire, and Nicholas for all suggesting this topic. And I am sure that in the wake of the Joy Behar thing, there were many more people who, who tweeted at us about this. Um, but that is not as easy to search as emails. So, so yeah, you want your credit. <laughs> Send me an email because I can't search or Facebook inbox. I can't apparently can't search that either, at least not in a way that I have figured out. Uh, so the roots of nursing are actually pretty closely tied to, to two things. One to the church mm-hmm. and then somewhat to the military as we move further in history. Um when when we talk about like who took care of sick people, especially like in ancient times, uh, usually it was family members. So if someone was ill, especially if we're talking about like before hospitals, that you may have you know a, a doctor or someone who was a, a physician, so to speak, who would come and like tell you what what medicines to take or or something mm-hmm. or what poultices to use. But the people who would actually like do the care for the patient would have been family members. Um, a lot of the time it, that was left to women. So mothers and sisters and daughters. Uh, Although as we begin to like see any kind of professional like people who are designated to do that, there is a large chunk of history where it was strictly a male profession Mm -hmm. um, just because it was, you know, like naked people. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. We had our hang ups back then. Yeah. So like naked people. And then also because uh, the idea that... um, that anybody would have enough knowledge to take care of sick people uh, in uh, in any capacity. Only men would have been thought capable of doing that, whether that been as a doctor or a nurse. Right. So so there were parts of which is is kind of interesting because you see that shift throughout history, like with nursing, like where it's a it's a mainly female profession and then a male dominated profession and then for for many years again a largely female profession and then now whoever mm-hmm. whoever wants to be a nurse. Um, other than midwifery, which was always kind of generally the, the realm of women. Um, in ancient Egypt, uh, this was definitely true. Um, but nursing, so, so mainly men would right. have been taking care of, of patients. But uh, nursing had been expanded to include women when we talk about like in, in Greek times, in Roman times. Um, on the battlefield, uh, you would have seen like soldiers acting as nurses for each other. Oh, interesting. Um, they were all uh, skilled in, in kind of like basic first aid and basic nursing care to like care for one another and like frontline, you know, medical situations. So some of these are like more like EMT medic type duties. And then some of these are nursing duties as well. Um, but then once the soldiers would have been brought back to like hospitals or, you know, places to receive further care, then they probably would have been taken over by women primarily. Okay. Uh in Roman times, it, you actually see nursing as a very desirable vocation for um, for noble women. Hmm. So that would have been a something that, like, you would have had the the time to do because you were a noble woman, and so. So you had the the free time to well, and the time to to some, for some training too. I would imagine was a luxury that not everybody could afford, right? A lot of this we're not when we're talking about training, probably not. Probably apprenticeships. Um, and and that would be pretty much it. You know, stuff you would maybe even pick up like handed down from your family, stuff you would observe, but not as far as like formal training, like nursing school or anything. No, nothing like that. Hmm. Um, definitely not. Uh, a lot, of, and I mean, to be fair, as far as as medical school for for doctors, you wouldn't have seen a lot of that either. You know, we're talking about times where a lot of people just kind of apprenticed a physician. Yeah, well, so same, same idea yeah, for true. nursing. You right. just kind of pick it up. 
Um, learn learn as you go. <laughs> the The profession of nursing becomes more codified as you see Christianity become the predominant religion in Rome. Um, because you see uh, this like uh, this idea that more and more people are called to serve their fellow man or woman and care for the sick. Um, and so as a result, you see more people who are interested in taking care of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that... who, who, who are called to do that as a form of service. So, yeah, they pick it up. Um, and we, we actually see a mention of that. There's a mention of a, a visiting nurse, Phoebe, in the Bible. I am not. I was not aware of Phoebe. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't. Does not sound like a biblical name, but I'm going to have to take your word for it. I don't think it's. I don't think she's like a, a huge figure. Did, now, did she call herself Phoebe of the Bible when she introduced herself no, to just, potential patients? This is in my notes. Hail, hail, and well met, stranger. I am Phoebe of the Bible. Perhaps you've heard of me. I just invented home nursing. <laughs> I just wanted to um, differentiate her from you know, like Phoebe of Central Perk. <laughs> right. Okay. Got it. So. There are two Phoebes <laughs> ever. <laughs> Sorry, Phoebe Cates. There's, a, there's the one of the Bible and the one of Friends fame. Who is cat, briefly mentioned in the Bible, but they don't linger. <laughs> Only the part where she wrote Smelly Cat. Right, which was a miracle, as we all know. Uh, now, at this time, churches become primarily responsible for um, furnishing nurses for any kind of uh, local villages, you know, to go out and like visit sick people in their homes. As we see the development of some, some what we would think of as hospitals for caring for sick people in the hospitals. And again, there's no sort of training. It was as much your your calling to do this to to take care of sick people as it would have been your your job. Um, and so, a lot of these the nurses at the time, what we would have called nurses, were really more of just like a a comforting presence mm-hmm. to sit with you while you died of <laughs> now we understand preventable diseases i um grim uh but Sorry. to try to brighten things up a little bit um you know what i would bet this is like completely seat in my pants i would bet that for a good long period of time you would want a nurse around more than a doctor because broadly speaking a lot of the doctors we encounter are very interested in pushing medicine forward, no matter who sort of like gets burned for that. And I would think that like if I had to pick between that or somebody who's just going to like chill and be comforting, like I think that there's something instinctual about that or something like sort of like that we respond to that goes beyond like just medicine um, about, you know, a human presence and a human touch and a human compassion that, that I, I bet could have a much more profound effect through a lot of history than than what we were thinking of as medicine. I think that's true because you really do. I mean, and we'll talk about that later, but there really is a shift when you start to see like evidence-based medicine become a part of nursing care and like nursing education and formal mm-hmm. training for nurses. Um, that really takes a while before you you see, you know, that that is that is being applied rigorously. And as a result, I think you're right that there's a lot of history where your your doctor may have done something really painful or terrible to you in the pursuit of like learning from that experience and your nurse had no uh was just not that was not part of their job to do that your nurse would have just been there to to help take care of you Hmm. probably would have made you feel a lot better Um, most nursing was done by deaconesses okay um and if you were someone who served as a nurse and you weren't a nun or a monk then at the time you generally would have been thought of some thought as someone of, of like a woman of ill repute, somebody who 
you know, because mainly it would have been a woman if you weren't a nun or a monk and you were taking care of sick people. Um, you were probably female. You may have been doing this to make extra money on the side while your main profession of prostitution mm-hmm. was how you how you mainly supported yourself. There were actually there was a point in history where women were uh, punished for prostitution or drunkenness or some sort of behavior like that that was either inappropriate of women or illegal by making them be nurses. There is a USA up all night movie in there somewhere, folks. You just have to <laughs> just have to find a few rewrites and then you're right there. Uh, you don't really see that change until the 1800s. And that's when we first start to see in like in France and Germany or where we start to see some um, some actual training start to happen for nurses. Uh, the, the Protestant church in Germany, um, you mainly again was you know ch- uh, nursing was like a religious vocation you would do it you know if you were if you were serving the church um but they also started to develop some practical like training programs on that so like yes it's great you want to take care of people but then let's talk about how we can do that well um science was like in fashion oh it's a cool time to be alive cool. is science cool now is science oh, back yeah, in yeah, fashion yeah, sweetie, yeah for sure hey way way cool <laughs> I think it's in fashion again. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson brought it back. Yeah, he's back. He? he brought it back. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> um, so science was very cool at the time. So the idea of formalized training was was well received because everybody kind of wanted to get in on the, the science bandwagon. Um, this was greatly advanced by a couple women. Uh, one, Elizabeth Fry was a nurse who mainly worked for prison reform, um, but she also helped to like organize the deaconesses into training programs. She started the Institute of Nursing in England, which... Ultimately, I don't know that it was as successful as they wanted it to be, but just began this process. Um, and then, of course, Florence Nightingale, mm-hmm. who I think we've all heard of. Sure. Right? She was in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I just finished. That's exactly why we've all heard of Florence Nightingale. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Florence was an upper class woman who uh, was had time had leisure time and was called to, to make nursing, you know, how she spent her time. And so, uh, and this would have been pretty rare because as I mentioned, if you weren't in the church Mm -hmm. to devote your time to nursing was seen as, as pretty unseemly for a finer lady. Right. Uh, uh, Again, Florence Nightingale said herself, uh, at the time when she started, nursing was left to, and this is a quote from her, those who were too old, too weak, too drunken, too dirty, too stupid, or too bad to do anything else. Kind of a little judgy, Florence. A little judgy. A little she, judgy. She was. There was a hospital of, official actually at the at same time who made the comment that um, that at present nursing is the last resource of female adversity. Slatternly widows, runaway wives, servants out of place, women bankrupt of fame or fortune from whatever cause fall back on hospital nursing. So this was not a. This was again nursing was not seen as a as a great profession, and there was no like. No formalized training. There was no, you know, so this is the world that Florence Nightingale is entering. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was one of of the figures, and we're going to talk about several more, who helped to change that. Uh, she did a lot to influence modern nursing. She underwent uh, some formal training, some apprenticeship, mm-hmm. um, and she believed really strongly in the idea of, like, public sanitation and clean water and access to clean food and, and you know, good food and that kind of stuff. Um, and most famously, she tended to the soldiers in the Crimean War, helped to supply them with food and water and, and greatly reduce their mortality as a result. Hmm. Brought, like, a brave band of nurses with her to go help soldiers oh, at the front. Noble. Yes. They didn't cover that in Assassin's Creed. 
No, they they probably covered that in a history class, but you probably weren't paying attention because it was about a woman. Oh, man. She got me again. <laughs> Another one said he's trademark barbs. Thank you, video games, for teaching my husband about women's history. Uh, and Sawbones. I listen to this show, too. <laughs> I listen to half of it. Uh, that one, one interesting note about Florence Nightingale is that she did a lot of her beliefs. A lot of what she did was actually based on miasma theory, which mm. we've talked about before. She believed that, you know, disease permeated the air and like bad smells and stuff. And that's how you got sick. So a little misled mm-hmm. in terms of why she did the thing she did. But a lot of what she did was really practical, good advice. And like I said, we're moving into a time where now we see that nursing is a, is a more noble pursuit for all women, not just mm-hmm slatternly widows whatever that all people means. i would say yes all people at the time this is still mainly a female I understand. profession but I yeah understand, yes. all people um and we're actually starting to to you know formalize nursing education so enough about these brits sid tell me what's going on stateside with nurses well i'm gonna tell you about that justin but first why don't you come with me to the billing department let's go We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support 
and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Civil War. What do we got? So if we if we take nursing stateside, because we've mainly been focusing on Europe and the UK and, and that kind of history of nursing, um, the Civil War is really what brought nursing to the forefront. Uh, many, many women left their families to go volunteer on both sides of the war. Um, and actually, there was a huge contrib- contribution from uh, women who were in slavery at the time as hmm. well. Um, and again, and I say women because although on the battlefield, you would have had men who were caring for each other, you know, in, in what could have been considered like a nursing capacity, um, largely the formalized nurses were women at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also where, have you heard of Clara Barton? Yes, actually, I have. Clara Barton, where do I know that name? Well, I mean, you could take a stab and say she was a nurse, and you'd probably probably wasn't be right she there. a nurse, a famous <laughs> nurse, <laughs> a famous nurse. Did they talk about her on West Wing. I feel like they mentioned her on West Wing. Oh, great. Yes, I'm sure they mentioned her on West Wing. Or uh, she wasn't in Assassin's Creed. So I'm not familiar. Okay, well, maybe they'll make a video game about her someday, and you'll know who she is. Uh, Clara Barton was an important figure during the Civil War, certainly caring for for the wounded on the battlefield, caring for the sick. But as she herself admitted, she didn't do as much hands-on. She uh, made her mark by uh, traveling to Europe and learning about the International Red Cross and then bringing that idea back to the U.S. and starting the U.S. branch of the Red Cross. right. That's where I know from. Um, We also hear of uh, Dorothea Dix at this time, who was a nurse who whose job it, who who made it her job made it her business to um organize all of the nurses into more of a uh you know a formalized group who could take care of patients um in hospitals and and at the front uh and and this was a big deal any woman who was willing to do this would have been a really big deal at the time because um especially in the south the idea of a finer lady with her you know her skirts and her flounces and on ribbons and all that of treading into a hospital her curtsying yes and her swooning and her fanning (laughs) and her Her corseting her useless little umbrella (laughs) exactly the idea of a woman doing that uh and going into a hospital where there are sick people and naked people and bleeding people and and you know all kinds of bodily fluids and taking care of men would not have been okay and so the women who did this were really revolutionary um during the war it's funny only what they called older women were allowed to be nurses mm-hmm. and older means 30 plus yeah well comparatively speaking <laughs> so, in those times yes thanks i'm an older woman me too uh and <laughs> so it actually led to a trend of many women trying to pretend to be older than they were oh wow so that they could get into the nursing field because they wanted to go take care of people too but that that was so that uh, younger women weren't exposed to the horrors of war and because they would also be I don't know, tempting for men or I don't know, something sexist and awful, I'm sure. Uh, They were forced to um, dress as kind of, um, 
I don't know, as like not distracted. Conservatively? Yeah, conservatively would be a good word. Uh, so they had to remove the hoops from their skirts. They had to only wear brown or black. Because you know men can't pay attention if a lady's got some hoops. <laughs> They also, it was very practical. The the hallways in the, like, between the beds were very narrow, and so the hoop skirts would get stuck on stuff. There was a story I read of, like, a hoop skirt getting stuck on a patient and ripping out a stitch, and, like, they bled to death or something. That can't, I can't imagine that's true. Man. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mary Bickerdyke is another uh, big figure at this time. She was a huge leader in the nursing field. Uh, she was um, one of or she was the only woman that General Sherman allowed at the front with him. Uh, How'd you swing that? She was just that good. Nice. She had no commission like Barton. And she said, I have received my authority from Lord God Almighty. And she charged to the front. She was the only nurse at the Battle of Lookout Mountain uh, cared for 2000 men. That makes um, for a long day. Yeah, and on the on the Confederate side, you actually have a nurse Phoebe Pember who uh, up to at one point was caring for up to fifteen thousand patients at a time. <laughs> Not well, one would assume. Well, she had a whole team. Okay, Justin. got it. <laughs> How are you? Good, cool. Next. You know what? Maybe she could have. Maybe. I guess. Uh, no, that's just they, a lot of people. Like that's a group of people. Like there's a lot. I'm all for impressive statistics too. That's an insane number of people. <laughs> she had a whole team of nurses that's that a, were working with her. She's like working. That's like a Bon Jovi concert on her own. That's insane. Even Bon Jovi has more nurses than that. I bet. And there's actually there's a lot that can be said. And I'm not. I'm giving you a very general overview of these time periods in history. But there's a lot that you can read and learn about the contributions. Uh, during the Civil War of um, African-American women who worked as nurses and who contributed um, some who were in slavery and then some who weren't uh, on both sides of the war, who um, huge numbers who took care of, of wounded men during the during the war. Uh, in the later 1800s and into the 20th century, we start to see um, now that we kind of have organizations of nurses and it is now socially acceptable for mm-hmm. you to be a nurse right. and not necessarily be a nun, we start to see um, the expansion of like nursing school and like what are nursing duties? What does a nurse do? Mm-hmm. You know, how are, how can they specialize? Um But it, it's funny. You still see like the, the older underpinnings of this as like a church, you know, kind of profession as this of like nuns um, still persist. Um, for one in one way that nursing is largely a, a female occupation at this uh, point in history. But we also see these weird guidelines for nurses uh, that have nothing to do with their like duties or their profession. Okay. So like, for instance, um, nurses were not allowed to marry in a lot of cases. Yikes. They All were, right. They were kind of housed in these nurses homes. Um, and uh, I found this great there. There's this list of duties of the floor nurse from 1887. Uh, and this, these were some of their duties that were, that were listed for them to take care of. So in addition to caring for your 50, five, zero patients or 15,000, <laughs> if you're crushing it, like Phoebe Pember, history's third great Phoebe. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She snuck in there. It's a very Phoebe full episode. Um, so duties of the floor nurse. Uh, so there were a lot of menial tasks involved in nursing at the time. So like sweeping and mopping the floors and dusting the patient's furniture. Um, you have to maintain the temperature in the ward. So like bring coal and, you know, like to the fire. Invent air conditioning. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you need to um, fill all the kerosene lamps and clean the chimneys. Uh, you've got to keep all your nursing notes. You have to um, whittle your nibs to your individual taste. What the, what's that mean? Pens. What? For your pens, nibs, 
Oh, oh, oh yeah. got it. Um, you reported it. A little personality, a little bit of yeah. flair, that, how you whittle your nibs. That's exactly where you can exert you in your day. That's, that's a, it, though. That's a great nib, Nor- Doris. <laughs> I know. Isn't it nice? Got a little, got a little rounded edge on there, don't I? This would have been from the U.S., so. They immigrated sydney that oh, was okay. legal back then uh uh or is this not the great american melting pot <laughs> no it is eject uh your day would have started at 7 a.m and it would have ended at 8 p.m i can't do a woman's voice that doesn't that isn't going to sound like i'm making fun of women so like like any voice that like it's like woman face basically and i can't do that so i do a british woman so that way it doesn't sound like i'm doing a goofy woman's voice why don't you just talk like you because this is say, how i i am in this in this example i am being a woman all great comedy setups begin with <laughs> for the next 10 seconds i will be talking imagine i'm talking like a woman <laughs> except that there is no distinct way that women talk i don't want you to think that i'm saying that there is no, i just mean like, that in this moment <laughs> right i'm with you um, because at the time only women would have been allowed to be nurses got it got but it. only then um so you would have worked from 7 a.m to 8 p.m except on the sabbath day uh on which day they would give you off from noon to two presumably to go to church Right. Um, you were, if you were a graduate nurse in good standing, you would have been given an evening off a week, but only if you go to church regularly. Uh, you were instructed to set aside a, a lot of your money to take care of you in your later years, like as your own Social Security. So, like for example, if you made thirty bucks a month, which would have been normal at the time, you should set aside fifteen of it. Going to be living high on the hog once you're in your old age, huh? Um, any nurse who smokes, uses liquor in any form, gets her hair done at a beauty shop, or frequents dance halls will give the director of nurses good reason to suspect her worth, intentions, and integrity. That's a nice back door to just like if we if we think that you're out of line, then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna rein you back in. Uh, and if you if you do all these things that we told you to do without fault for five years, we will give you an increase of five cents a day, providing that you don't have any debts to the hospital. Whoa, I could buy a new dress for church. So uh, the nurses would actually spend a lot of their time. I mean, you can read these great excerpts from like nursing diaries from the time period, but they would spend like, especially as they were like student nurses, they didn't get paid and they had to spend all their time like cleaning um, really long, thankless hours to then graduate to long hours of, of just really demanding patient care because, you know, we're talking about a time we rely so much now on monitors and like labs and mm-hmm. all kinds of studies that we can do in the hospital to tell us instantly if a patient needs our attention or if they're stable and they can sleep and we can sit down and have a cup of coffee. And the, uh, you know, they wouldn't have had any of this at the time. And well, the, the doctors would have yeah. just given them a list, like change that patient's bandage every two hours and reapply that poultice every four hours yeah. and go check, you know, go make sure Timmy's drinking his water and like, and would just give you this wave list and then take the, off. Wave away the evil spirits with burning sage. <laughs> yeah. And make sure that you refill the, you know, the kerosene lamps while you're at it. I wonder if that's because, I wonder if there was a high demand to be in this field because there were so few socially acceptable careers paths for women at the time like if you wanted to be a working woman you didn't have a lot of options so like supply like they could afford to be like really demanding about for further nurses i think i think that was probably I'm pulling that out of my caboose so I, I well know. i think i base i say that that was probably part of it at the time based on the idea that as we move um into like 
through World War One, and then definitely after World War Two, we see lots of women who are interested in becoming nurses. We see that as like a booming profession and mm-hmm. lots more people entering that field. So I imagine that women who wanted to work at the time, yeah, for sure, it was, yeah. a, it was a desirable job. But I mean, I think part of it is still the relationship to the church and the under you know, the underlying theme of like, this used to be a job you had if you were a nun. Now you're not a nun, but you kind of live like it's a nun. It's still like more than a job. It's it's a, it's a calling. It's a calling, yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's actually why nurses at the time would have been called sisters. And my understanding is that in the UK, some senior nurses are still referred to as sister. Hmm. So sister, whoever, which is interesting. Um, and also the connection to the military is probably why we give orders. Oh. Why I write orders. Oh, huh. Yeah. It's interesting. Which is which is interesting. But um what really uh, one little one little tidbit that really brought nursing into its own that I thought was kind of cool is that as nursing schools developed as we started to see, you know, more and more nurses would actually go through training before they would uh, go through these rigorous kind of apprenticeships I just described. Um you would the school you would graduate from had a specific cap like mm-hmm. a different like color on the cap that would indicate what school you graduated from and you would wear it throughout your career. Oh, cool. So it became like a point of pride. You wanted a good reputation. You wanted your students to be well-trained and the nurses that you sent out into the world to be really good at what they did because they were wearing your colors all the time. Huh. So nursing schools got better, at, you know, as a way of making sure that they increase their reputation. And so that's when they really, you know, we start to see like evidence-based nursing and like what actually does better for patients. And let's apply like good medical theory to you know, the care of our patients on all levels. Um, And that, I mean, and doctors are getting better at this point too. We're not, we're out of the heroic era of medicine and moving into like, no, let's actually do stuff that helps people and not just what we think, what wild idea floats into our brains. Um, And then, like I said, after, especially after World War II, uh, when we see like, Nursing is now this respectable profession, and it is also something that is your patriotic duty. So we see tons of of women and now men um, signing up to go be nurses. That was like the hugest percentage of, the, of like what profession volunteered for the mm-hmm. war were more nurses mm-hmm. um, to go take care of of our soldiers. And uh, and they brought back with them all of this new um, all these new skills and all this training, all these things they learned you know, at the at the front. Um, and this greatly improved like modern hospitals and emergency rooms and like EMT care and ambulances and all that kind of stuff, like what we learned at the front. Um, oh, war, what can't you do? That was not my plug for war. <laughs> not- Thanks, war. Thanks again, war. It's unfortunate, but you could make that you could make that case in general about times of war when um, and what what they do for women back at home who are all of a sudden allowed to take on all these roles that men stopped us from taking on before war is good for two groups of people the pushing for the medical field and rhett butler those are the two people <laughs> for whom war is it good. has the i won't say war i will say the military has done huge things for the advancement of the medical field and also i would say women in the medical field, you know, and, and especially in this case, we're talking about nurses. Um, but that could be a whole other show. So we're not going to get into that right now. Now, of course, like I said, nursing education is clearly formalized. You got to go to school to be a nurse. You can't just like show up, you know, call yourself sister and say you're a nurse. Um, there are all different kinds of specializations and different kinds of duties. Like I said, I don't think the a good question is not what does a nurse do? It's what does a nurse not do? Um, and, uh, Personally, I will say this, um, as when I was first an intern, you know, after mm-hmm. I finished medical school and I started my residency, that first day out, um, 
you know, it's really terrifying because you're tasked with taking care of all these patients and you, you, you know, sort of what you're doing. You know what you're doing in theory, but in practice, you haven't done it yet. Right. This, this, this is our regular cell phone's reminder to not go to the hospital in July. <laughs> July is the new doctor start. Don't go in July. And nurses have to deal with this, um, especially in the hospital setting uh, with, you know, calling and, and telling the doctor, hey, this thing is going on with this patient. And the nurse who's calling you already knows exactly what needs to happen. And you don't. And so I always I always tell our, our interns like the a great question is, hey, so what do we normally do in this situation? <laughs> what would you say we normally do? And I mean, of course, you want to read and you want to learn and you want to know how to do things for yourself. Um, but the nurses are a, a huge resource. And um, I personally could not survive without, you know, the nurses that have helped train me and who work with me now. And uh, I think... Um, and your nurse, Jackie. My nurse, Jackie. Shout my, out to my Jackie. Personal, yes, my personal nurse is Jackie, and I could not survive without Jackie. But And I think it's important to know this, and this is my last thing I'll say. It, I think some people get the idea that there's like a hierarchy in medicine, like that doctors, first of all, that you think doctors are at the top of that, and that is crazy. No way. We are not at the top of any any rung. Um, we just, we don't have that much power. Uh, but we're not. We're a team. We work with nurses. Nurses don't work for us. I am not Jackie's boss. Jackie and I work together to take care of people. And I think that's really important for you to know as, as patients interacting with us is that we're a team. Um, and there are lots of stuff nurses can do that I can't. And thank God for them. Thanks so much to the Maximum Fun Network for having us on. We've got a ton of great shows. Um, one new one's called Can I Pet Your Dog? It's a show for dog lovers. Uh, my brother Travis uh, produces that and occasionally uh, talks on it. Um, and, uh, their first episode had, uh, Lynn, our friend, Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh, and talking about his dog and, uh, the, it's, it's a fun show. If you like dogs, especially, I think you should check it out. You get it on iTunes or at maximumfun.org. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, if you search the taxpayers on Twitter or, uh, uh, you can, you can buy their stuff. I think it's on Bandcamp, I think, or SoundCloud. You just search for the taxpayers and, and give them all of your money. Not all of it. Come on. You got to pay rent, fella. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to do it for us, Sid. We also got a great present. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We yeah we did. We got... Uh, we got these three awesome books that I want to say thank you for. Um, we got a non-Euclidean geometry for babies. And what were our other two ones? Um, uh, quantum, a quant- quantum physics. Quantum physics for babies. Newtonian physics yeah, they're very, for babies. They're yep. very cute from Adrian. We really appreciate yeah, it. And we love them. I, I actually like, I got a little choked up. I don't know. There was something about it and like the idea of math out there waiting for Charlie in the future. Uh, th- so thanks. I don't know. Anyway, I love them. Adrian sent that to P.O. Box 54. Honey's West Virginia 25706. If you want to send us something, don't feel like you have to. And especially don't feel like you got to spend money on us. But if you want to send up a postcard or a note or anything. Feel free. Absolutely, because I, I really do. I kind of get, I kind of cry. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, people knitted me. Charlie mm-hmm. stuff like when she was first born. Anywho, we're like way off the topic and we're going way long. So, uh, oh, 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 real quick. December 21st, 2015. Huntington, West Virginia. Candle Nights. Two, Be there. Two is Candle happening. Nights 2. It is a lot. It is a family podcast. Extravaganza. <laughs> well, we're actually calling it a Nanny this year. Oh, it's a family comedy podcast. I'm sorry, I wasn't let in on this. Bring your family, <laughs> bring your friends, bring everybody. It's bring a, your enemies. Bring your enemies. It doesn't matter. Go to bit. 
bit.ly forward slash candlelights two. December 21st, 8 p.m. Huntington. Uh, it's at a new venue. If you saw us last year, we're at a new place, so the sound issues will be fixed. Tickets are like 20 bucks. They're, they're not bad at all. And uh, we'd love to see you. So bit.ly forward slash Candlenights2. That's us and my brother, my brother, and me performing on one stage. Not a holiday hootenanny. A holiday hootenanny. Anyway, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much. Until the next time we get a chance to talk with you, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.